verses that we've sort of been looking at uh, almost in every service. If you're a visitor and guest, we want to tell you that this entire series is free and available on our podcast, on our website, uh, our YouTube channel. So you could go to multiple places and get that material and catch up with us. Amen. So Paul says, now concerning things that pertain to the spirit or spiritual, spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. And again, I wrote in my Bible, misinformed or uninformed. Verse number four. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations or offices, meaning offices of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another special faith, is the way I'm going to read it, that's the way it is in the Greek, by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these, meaning all these gifts, works that one and selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as He will. Many different gifts, many different manifestations, one Spirit. One Spirit behind it, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. And He has divided or distributed to every man severally or individually as He will. This ought to tell you, you're not left out. You're included. Amen. These, these gifts are not just for preachers. Right? Uh, they're not for people just with ministries. But they're for the laity. Amen. They're not just for church services. Right? They are for winning. They, for, they are for accomplishing the will and the plan of God. They are there, as we read in verse 7, to bring you profit and to help you avoid loss. Hallelujah. And so there's great gain, there's great benefit to be had, amen, as we flow with God in the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now skip all the way down uh, to verse number 31, the last verse in this chapter. And it says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. Now skip down to chapter 14, Chapter 14 and verse 1 says, Follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. Now go back to the 31st verse of chapter 12. I want to read that to you in the Amplified Translation. It says, But earnestly desire, earnestly desire, and zealously cultivate the greatest and the best gifts and graces the higher gifts, and the choicest graces. And yet I will show you still a more excellent way, one that is better by far, and the highest of them all, which is love. Now you'd have to have been with us and go back in your thinking, but I talked to you about the more excellent way already, which is love, as Paul stated here. Love is not, uh, Paul didn't mean to say here, it would be a wrong interpretation if you think, okay, now, uh, we've done all this teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, but you could really set all that aside and just focus on love. That's not what he means. What he's saying is, I'm showing you a more excellent way into the things of the Spirit. Right. Amen? 
the, the, the highest, the best, the most efficient, the most sure way to access the power of God, the supernatural, the gifts of the Spirit, is to walk in divine love and divine compassion. Amen. Right? So notice it is the most excellent way. It is the highest way. But he did not say, he was careful not to say that it's the only way. Amen. You know, if you're thinking that you're going to get the power of God operating in your life to make you rich, to make you famous, to make you seen, to make you popular. Listen, let me just, I can kill that one. The gifts of the Spirit and manifestation are not going to make you popular. Not in the Christian world. Not with religious people. It'll make you, it, may, it may make you, uh, you know, appreciated by the, the truly needy. Like they did the multitudes of Jesus, they, they gathered in great multitudes because the power of God was the administration. But he certainly wasn't popular with the, the hoity-toity people in the, in the area and the Pharisees and Sadducees. They didn't like it. Right? It's sad to say a lot of church people, they love Jesus because they don't want to go to hell, but they don't want the Holy Ghost. The one that's come to live on the inside of them. But that's not us. We want the Holy Ghost. So notice in verse 31, he said, in the King James, he says, covet earnestly. Covet earnestly. Now, we usually associate the word covet as a bad thing. Most of the time, it is a bad thing. In fact, one of the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not covet, right? Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife. You should not covet another man's house or blessing or car, whatever that may be is what he means. Amen. Why? Because God will give you your own, right? God will give you your own. But here we are instructed to covet. Now the Amplified is, is accurate to the Greek. I looked up the Greek definition of this word covet earnestly. And it means earnestly desire. Now there's another place in the New Testament where you have a, a phrase similar to this. You don't have to turn there, but it's in Jude. Jude's just one chapter. And in the opening verses of Jude, verse 3 or 4 5, around in there, Jude says, contend earnestly. That's a similar phrase. Contend earnestly for the faith. Right? So when the Bible gives us instruction like this, it's, it's because it's highly important. It's going to have a major impact on your life, the outcome of your life. How many of you know the outcome of your life is greatly dependent on your faith walk? You know, God loves us all the same. We have the same Jesus. Come on, we have the same Lord. We have the same promises. The same blood purchased our redemption. Come on, we have the same right to healing. We have the same right to prosperity. We have the same right to the ministry of the angels, to everything that God... We're all joint heirs, right? But we're not living all the same. Right? We're not living all the same. That's not because God is reaching out and sovereignly picking winners and losers in the body of Christ. But some are doing, some are contending earnestly for the faith. And some people aren't doing squat, diddly, with the faith. They're too, uh, they're too busy with the things of this age. They're too distracted with the things of this age. But I'm not going to be. I'm going to contend earnestly. The Bible told me, Chris, contend earnestly for the faith. And so I'm doing that. But similarly, we have instruction here to covet earnestly. Amplified says, earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. 
And it goes on and says, and zealously cultivate them. And that's what I want to talk about tonight is cultivating the gifts of the Spirit. We know what they are now. We've gotten a taste of how they operate and what they can do. How the word of wisdom can show you your future. Or how the working of miracles can kick in and, and work a creative work that will defy natural reason. You know, uh, miracles defy reason by definition. Miracles, uh, if something is a miracle, it is a suspension of natural, the natural order of things. The natural operation of things. You know, so back there under the Old Testament, uh, the, uh, the school of the prophet had gotten too small. And the students came to Elisha and said, we want to build a bigger lodge to house all of us upcoming prophets. And he said, fine, go and do it. He said, well, no, we want you to go with us. So he said, okay, we'll go with us. And of course, I'm sure he wasn't out there chopping wood. But they were, they were out chopping wood. And you remember the axe head flew off, that one guy's axe. And he said, oh my, and it fell into the river. And he said, oh, master, master, alas, for it was borrowed. He's concerned now I've got, a, I got an expensive piece of equipment back for that day. It is borrowed. Remember what he did? He just threw a branch out over where it fell in the water. And the Bible says the axe, the iron floated. You know, iron doesn't normally float, does it? Come on, it sinks right to the bottom. So for the God to cause that easy for him, effortless for him. But what did he do? He temporarily suspended the laws of buoyancy, right? And caused iron to float. How many know God can do that kind of thing? So see, we've gotten a taste a little bit in talking about these things, teaching of what's available, that, that God through the word of knowledge could make me to know something that I couldn't have known had He not revealed it to me. And there's great gain, there's great profit, there's great blessing attached to what He makes me to know. Come on, praise God. So these things are available. We've seen, but I don't want to just know it and believe in it as a doctrine. I want to walk in them. Come on, I want to walk in them. I want to have a church that experiences their manifestation on an ongoing basis. Come on, as often as the Spirit wills to manifest Himself, I want Him to for the profit of all of us. But I want to tap into the power of God for my own personal life. To be a blessing out there. And to have victory out there. How about you? So we want to just share a few things tonight. Uh, that will be important for you to understand about how to uh, cultivate these gifts in your life. The first one I want to say is be interested. Amen. Be interested. Pastor Nancy made a statement. I, just, I wrote it down just so landed on me. It's just such a, a, a wonderful statement that she made in teaching on these things. She said, she reminded us of what the Bible says about quench not the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Quench not the Holy Ghost, right? And then she made this statement, a lack of interest is to quench the Spirit. How do you know that the Spirit of God desires to move in all of His churches? Of every stripe, of every denomination, He wants to manifest Himself. He wants to bring the word of knowledge to help that pastor know what's happening in his church. To keep it clean, to keep it safe. Come on, how many of you know that through the word of knowledge, no no predator's going to get by in this church? You're not going to come in here and, like Pastor Names was saying too, it's, it's true here, and pray on our girls or our boys, right, and get away with that because I have the word of knowledge operates in my life. 
Amen? And God will make me to know it. He'll make me to know things. Well, we want that. People want to come to a safe church. Right? And uh, so there's, there's great profit in these things. But uh, a, the reason that God is not manifesting Himself is not because He's choosing not to. It's because so few of His people are interested. They're not even interested in the gifts of the... How many of you know, even among our, our congregation, that if we're all here, there's about, a, there's about 180, 200 of us. Well, we're there, not sure where they are. Now, like I wasn't here the last two services, and I wasn't in sin either. So I'm not saying if you're not here, you're not in sin, but some people could be here that aren't here. Hello. And some of that's just a lack of interest. And if that lack of interest gets too great in a congregation, it will. He's not going to show up. You know, if you're not interested in me coming, I don't want to come to your house. If you're not interested in me coming. You know, I, I, I had someone after me uh, some time back to go to lunch. I'd love to go to lunch. I'd love to take you to lunch. Can we go to lunch? Finally, I acquiesced and I said, all right. And I set, to, set up the day and he, went, and he didn't say anything the whole, the whole time. It was the most awkward thing. I mean, I just had to pull teeth just to keep that thing going. So he had this lunch that he wanted with me and then he acted, he acted disinterested the whole time. Well, I'm not going to do lunch with that brother anymore. Right? Because you didn't act interested. Amen. Come on, listen, look at this word in verse 31, chapter 12, 31, covet earnestly, or as the Amplified says, earnestly desire. Come on, can't you see that interest is involved in that? Interest is involved in that. You're not, you're not eagerly pursuing something that you're not interested in. But how many of you know, if you're really sincerely interested in something, you don't have a problem, right, expending energy and time. And really, what are people doing out there tonight that ought to be here? What they were more interested in? They didn't come tonight because they were more interested in something else. I'm talking in that one specific case. I'm not talking about, you understand, you've got to put all these caveats, caveats in, disclaimers in, because people get touchy. I'm not talking about people who are working, you know, or they were sick in their body. Or, you know what I mean, right? I'm talking about people who could be here, ought to be here, and they're not. Because they're binging on Netflix or something like that. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know why we go to these meetings and we get things? Because we're interested. We're interested. We're interested in what's being said. We're interested. In, I mean, I got thrilled when I, when I, I've been doing hours and then hours of teaching, hours of studying, hours of praying on the gifts of the Spirit. And she says, well, our direction this week is I'm going to teach on the gifts of the Spirit. I didn't go, oh man. No, I'm interested. This is what the seed, praise God, bring it on. Amen. This is exactly right. Praise God. And I would have been, uh, you know, as equally interested in any Bible subject if it's Bible. But do you just judge yourself? How interested are you in cultivating the gifts of the Spirit in your life and doing your part to cultivate those gifts in the church? And, and listen, don't raise your hand. Don't you know? Don't be. But see, we can we can cultivate a greater interest. I was thinking today about so many uh, American parents and. And the way people think, you know, some kid, they're, they're 
uh, they find out on ultrasound they're having a boy. And now dad and mom, they've got this whole, they're going to be a golfer and they're going to win at golf and they are going to wear the green jacket. And before they have their two days or finished in the hospital, they've got a golf club and a golf ball in, the little, in little Johnny's hand. And I mean, from the moment they can walk, they're, they're putting. And as they grow up, they spend all kinds of money on camps. They take them to camps and get them around people who know. Get them around people with skill. And they put them in all those avenues and they tutor them and they do extra to give their child extra from birth. We do this with sports. And it's interesting how those kids end up excelling in those areas. But how many of you know, come on, what's behind that? There is, they are interested they are interested in winning at that sport. They are interested in accomplishing things at that sport. Come on, we're talking about sports. No eternal value. Come on, no eternal value. Sports isn't going to get your kid delivered from drugs. I'm, I'm all into sports. I like sports. I'm not against sports. Right? But I compare that kind of interest to your spiritual life. And if you're not equally as interested in putting a Bible in their hand, come on, you know, instead of a, you might put a, okay, put a basketball in their hand, but put a Bible in their hand. Right? And I mean, from birth, bring them to the camp of church where they're trained in spiritual things. Because you're, 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 I'm interested. You're going to grow up and be a powerhouse for God. You're going to grow up and do exploits for God. You're going to grow up and not uh, fall prey and be a statistic to the devil because I'm taking you to a camp, come on, where you can learn about your authority over demons and evil spirits and diseases. And you are going to excel, little Johnny, in spiritual things. But see, people aren't as interested. And that's why things don't work for them. We give lip service to spiritual things, but we put other things first. We have idols, our hobbies, our jobs, our personal needs, wants, and desires. Jesus said these are the things that represent thorns and thistles that enter in and choke the Word and cause the Word in people's lives to be unfruitful. Right. And so many Christians are being tripped up by the spirit of the world and the spirit of this age. I love what, I think it was uh, Brother Ken that talked on Father's Day, just did such an excellent job talking about fatherhoods and issues related to that. I think it was you that talked about this, and I'd seen this study. I was glad he quoted it. That when uh, The one I saw was that when a, Christ, when, a, when a woman, a mother, gets born again, that there's a 40, 43% chance, I think, that the rest of the family will come into the faith and serve God. But when a man, when a father, gets born again and pursues God with all of his heart, it's almost 100% that the rest of the family will follow suit. Come on, and serve God. I'm telling you, you dads, you men, praise God, ought to be setting the pace. Amen. And it's fine, it's awesome, it's great to have other important interests in your life. But never... Never should God, Jesus, the kingdom of God, the local church, the, the mission of the church, should be, it should never be number two. It should never be tied with number two. You, know, you ought to put it up there. Come on. And this is first in our life. This is first in our family. We are interested in spiritual things. We're going to contend for the faith, and we're going to earnestly desire the things of the Spirit. 
If you will, you will begin to come up and you will excel because the Holy Ghost will accommodate all who are interested. Write that down. The Holy Ghost will accommodate all who are interested. You don't have to be especially called. You don't have to be especially graced. But if you, you show yourself interested to God, He's going to meet you. And you're going to have times with God. You're going to have power with God. You're going to have experiences with God. You know, some of these people that play this popular Fortnite game, some of these I know are people in their 40s sitting in their mother's basement, and they excel at that. You know, they have ratings on this. If you don't know it, good. But there's a game out there called Fortnite. It's a multiplayer game, and people from around the world, they drop you in, 100 players. And I mean, some of these people, I mean, if you encounter them in the game, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you because they excel. Why do they excel? That's all they do. That's all they do. Right? And I know, one reason I know this is because my son got in this in a measure. I said, what are you watching? I'm watching YouTube. What are you watching on YouTube? I'm watching people play Fortnite. You mean you're not playing Fortnite? You're watching people? Landon knows what I'm talking about. You're watching people play the game? Why? So I can learn tricks, so I can learn how to do it, so I can learn how. And you know what? If I were to play Rex, if I were to meet Rex in the Fortnite game, he'd kill me. <laughs> Brett would kill me. You better not be too interested in that game. But anyway, my son too. And it's fine to have interests, right? But it's, it's funny. Isn't it, isn't it, it's not funny, it's sad. What some humans give their lives for. To excel in an online game. Some people, their whole quest in life in this new generation is to get a thousand likes on one of their posts on social media. People seeking to excel at things that in the light of eternity, to say they don't matter is, you know, it doesn't do it justice. Right? I want to give my, the best of myself, the most of myself to the things that are really going to matter. Because soon and very soon, my friends, you and I alone will appear before Jesus and will give an account. And I don't, want to, I don't want to hear one of the questions from my Lord say, why were you more interested? Right? In the latest engine coming out in whatever magazine. And you know all about that. But you've got to call your pastor three times to find a healing scripture. See, that's not right. Some of you, you could tell me everything about the latest, the newest Ford products that are coming out. They haven't even come out yet, but you could tell me all about them. And of course, ladies, you could tell me all kinds of things about, you know, about makeup videos. Let's pick on the ladies a while. Ah, you know, turn over to Miss Amber. What are you doing? I'm watching video. What are you watching? Makeup video. And I'll have to beg her to turn the light off. Because she's on her 50th makeup video. That's not an exaggeration at all. I'm not saying that she's more interested in that than the Word. But I'm giving you an example. About how it doesn't matter who you are, male or female. The devil's got plenty of distractions that are right up your alley. He don't care which one you grab onto. But every second, every hour that you could have had in the presence of God, or in the Word. Hello. 
Come on. We're at a meeting. You know, one of the things that blesses me is we get to see so many people having gone to California for these meetings, you know, for 15 plus years now. You've built relationships over time. And so many of these people, they have jobs, they have careers, and they're there every morning service, every night service. And they say, yeah, we take our annual vacation so that we can usher or cook you preachers a meal or watch your kids and be in these meetings. Listen, that is why you have the kind of miracles and manifestations of the Holy Ghost in a place like that, where people take vacations to be in the presence of God and to sit under the ministry of the Word. <laughs> Y'all all right? Praise God. In other words, you know, they say that, you know, the spoils go to the strong. Well, could I just change it up a little bit? The spoils of the Spirit, they go to the interested. Right. And so many horrible things, so many tragic things happen to Christians. And the root of it is linked to, they were uninterested. They got sick in their body and now something's on their body. It's going to take faith to get it off. But they weren't interested to come to healing school. They were too busy to come to healing school. They were too... They were too busy putting their money on other things instead of buying a CD or uh, picking up a book that would feed their faith and teach them something about healing. But how many of you know, listen, sickness is coming. Do you know that? Sickness, I don't know you're redeemed, but sickness is coming. We live in a world that's dominated by sickness. Now we're in the world, we're not of the world. But listen, if you don't do something to develop your faith, that when the day of challenge comes... You know, the storms of life are coming to all of us, brother. All of us. All of us. And all your knowledge about makeup videos or Fortnite or whatever it is isn't going to get you past the strategies of the devil. It takes knowledge. It takes skill. And sometimes it will take a gift of the Spirit to come into manifestation, to help you see, to help you know. You're going to need to prophesy to yourself. You're going to need to get into a tongue or interpretation to get the knowledge of that answer that you need. And you can't get it uh, on Google. But you're going to have to get it by the Spirit. But people don't know how. They don't know how. Why don't they know how? Over a long period of time, they weren't interested. Now, I know a lot of people don't know anything about these things because these things aren't taught. And listen, that was me. That, that was my upbringing. Well, how did I come into it? Because God cares. God cared about me. He knew I was in a place where I was not going to know because they weren't teaching it. But you know what he did? He said, son, if you want all I have for you, you're going to have to let me lead you on from here. Out of my denominational, into a different setting where I could, it's not that God was judging people as bad, but he, and I just know he gives every child of God that opportunity. And the reason I came into knowledge that others did not, who stayed, was because I was interested. Because when God spoke to my heart and said, Chris, if you want all I have for you, you're going to have to let me lead you. You're going to have to take some steps that I lead you to take. Well, see, it was my interest. It was my hunger to have, even not knowing. Well, I don't know everything that's provided. I didn't, I didn't know anything about the authority of the believer. I didn't know anything about, you know, some of the things Amber and I are walking in today in the financial realm. I had no idea that was even possible. Right? I didn't know anything about the power of God flowing out of my hands. I would have mocked at it, right? Because I just didn't know. 
But when he said, if you want all, how many of you could say, you want all God has for you? I, I want all God has for me. Well, you stay interested. Right? When others in your circle lose interest, what are you going to do? You're going to follow suit? When one of your family members gets less interested in praying, less interested in church, less interested in showing honor, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because God's watching and I'm watching as a pastor. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, I'm not going to go to hell for my wife. I'm not going to, that's my, what my spiritual father used to say, and I just, he's not here. I just picked it up. I just believe it. I'm not going to go for, I don't think she's going to go to hell for me either. Uh, you know what? I'm raising, I'm raising, Amber and I are raising our kids to love God and serve God with all their heart. Best we know how, but if they fall off, get interested in something else, I, you do that if you want to. I'm not going to help you, and I'm certainly not going to fund it. I've told them. I will, I will use my faith, and I will do what I can that's responsible for me to fund you, but I'm not going to fund you doing something other than the plan of God. So just know it. You're going to get out and pursue something that you're interested in that has nothing to do with the plan of God. You just know you're funding that. Don't ask Dad to fund it. I'm not funding it. I'm not funding because you're my daughter. I'm not going to... God, God, He's not going to fund me getting out of His will. That's why if you're smart, you stay in His will because that's where the funding is. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, this is better than you're acting like it is, but anyway. <clears throat> a lack of interest will quench the Spirit from manifesting. Because like a guest who doesn't really want to be around, people that are right not interested, the Holy Ghost, He's not going to manifest Himself among people who are not interested. Well, Pastor, i got to admit, maybe I'm not as interested. What do I do? Just decide right now. Just decide. Don't wait, don't wait to feel interested. Right? That's what Christianity is not about feelings. It's about decisions. You're not going to win in the Christian life if you're going by your feelings. You make decisions. Well, you know, I, I, I prayed a prayer and I forgave him, Pastor, but I sure don't feel like I forgave him. Listen, you made a decision, you prayed a prayer, you spoke words, leave it alone. You forgave him. The feelings will follow. Right? right? Forgiveness is a decision. Staying in love with your mate. That's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. I just don't feel like I love you anymore. Bye. Man, there wouldn't be any marriage that stayed. None. Right? There's going to be an hour. There's going to be a day. Don't care how perfect your sweetheart is. Well, you don't feel like staying married to them. Right? My wife and I made a decision, kind of like the Joneses did. We're doing this one time. And we might as well talk. We might as well get it worked out because we're not entertaining other options. So if we need help, we'll get help. We need to work something out, we'll work something out. We've got to get over our good self. We just will because we're stuck together forever. Amen. See, that's what makes a marriage successful. That's what makes a family stable. We don't go by feelings. We go by decisions. I'm a tither. I'm going to be a tither as long as tithing is a thing. I've decided. I've decided I'm done with sickness and disease. I'll never be sick another day in my life. Amen. It's not based on feeling. I got some knowledge from the Word of God. See, it's a decision. 
I, I made a decision a long time ago. I'm not going to stay, I'm not going to be a chintzy giver. I'm not going to be a God tipper. Not going to do it. I, I made a decision. I don't always feel like being generous. Do you? But I'm going to be because I made a decision. Well, I made a decision. I'm, I'm interested in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm interested in the outpouring of God. I'm interested in the plan of God in these last days and having my part in it. And not just for me, but to cooperate in it. Amen. Amen. So much of my prayer time is not for me. That's right. So much of my prayer time is for you. Yeah. It's for Pastor Nancy, for Dr. Jacobs, for the President. Yeah. People that... <laughs> Hello? Yeah. That's not for me. Right. But I'm going to pray anyway. There's nothing about God that's selfish. Amen. Well, another thing that we're going to have to do, I'll get off this, you'll be glad about it. Uh, come on. Another thing that we've got to do if we want to cultivate the gifts of the Spirit is we, got to, we have to get rid of ignorance. We have to get rid of ignorance. And that's why we've spent so much time and we'll spend as much time. I'm not in a hurry. If the Holy Ghost says just stay camped out right here on this subject, well, then that's what we'll do. Amen. Amen. Because with every bit of light and every new scripture and, and every person that catches a glimpse of something, come on, ignorance is being shoved out. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people, God said, my people perish. Now the word perish there doesn't mean perish like go to hell or even die physically. It could mean that. It literally means in the Hebrew, cut off. Cut off. That's what it means in the Hebrew. My people are cut off. Why? For lack of knowledge. Then it goes on and says, for they refused knowledge. So notice knowledge was offered to them, but they rejected it. So many people, they are out there working their fingers to the bone to have better for their family. And yet when the preacher gets up and starts talking about prosperity, they want to crucify him for preaching false doctrine. And yet you're out there, come on, they, they accept every race is offered to them. They leave good churches and good pastors to go work in cities that don't have a good church or pastor. And just backslide. They go do it for money. And yet when the pastor gets up to try to talk about what the Bible says about Bible prosperity, they want to crucify the guy on the wall. That's like people who say they don't believe in divine healing, but when they get sick, they're going to do everything they can to get that disease off of them. Wouldn't it matter? This is just the way I think about it. If it's possible that God's got this sickness, He put this sickness on me to teach me something, I'd be in further rebellion to go try to get rid of it. You go to the doctor, you take any medicine, you have a surgery, do anything at all to get that disease that God gave you off of you. He put that on you. Doesn't that sound awful? It is awful. But people think like that. People get up and try to teach them from the Word. They crucify the preacher in their, with their words and in their thinking. And then they go out in the natural and do everything they can to be healthy. As if they're gooder than God. They've got more sense to know. They, they know God that sickness is bad, but they want to get theological and say that no, sickness could be God's will for you. It's, it's bohunk, it's junk, right? So, Ignorance will cut you off. See, had I stayed in my denominational setting, God would have blessed me as far as He could have. Mm -hmm. 
But I would have cut myself off from so many precious, wonderful revelations in light and truth that have enriched my life in immeasurable ways. And it would have been my fault. And the struggles that invariably would have come, the failures, the difficulties. You know what I would have done? I would have, I would, I would have done what you would have done. God help me. Please help me get over this. Why is this happening? Oh God, I trust you, but I don't, you know, I don't understand why all these difficulties. I'm not going to say his name, but I, I know someone that's had 19 surgeries since, since they said no to divine healing. And they, they'll, they'll pray things like, God, why are you going to let me, are you going to let me go through this again? See, it's not wrong-heartedness, it's ignorance. It's not insincerity, it's the lack of knowledge. Y'all with me tonight? I'm helping you if you'll receive it. And what they will not see is the source of their difficulty was way back there when God spoke something similar to them. Maybe not as definitively, but He put it in their heart. Mm -mm, there's something more, ah, but I'm just going to camp here. You know, those, those lepers in the Old Testament, they had enough sense to know. They're, they're in the Israelite company, but they're surrounded by armies that are starving them out. They're just going to wait them out. We're just starving. And people are eating their own children. Mm -hmm. And those lepers had enough sense to say, we're going to die if we stay here. Right. What's the worst that could happen to us? The Syrians, or who, I'm going to say, is it the Syrians? The Syrians over there, they're our enemies, but they got food. We're just going to march up there and surrender. And if they kill us, well, we're just going to die faster because we're going to die a horrible death here, starving. So if we, if we die, we're going to die anyway. Let's just die. But if they receive us, then we're going to get something to eat. They had nothing to lose. Some people bless their hearts. You're not going to move them out of that country church. Because grandma's buried in the backyard cemetery. And they ain't moving. And they don't want what you're preaching. Kamal tried to talk me into blessing him accepting a pastor of one of those churches one time. I said, son, don't do it. I said, they don't want what you, they don't want, what you want. Yeah, God loves them. But God doesn't want, they don't want what you want. If they wanted what you want, they wouldn't be where they are. And I said, number two, if you accept a pastor of such a church, you know what God expects of pastors? Lay your life down. So you're going to lay your life down for a people who don't want it. And that's what God will expect you to do. You know what? He is one of the sons, just one of the few that listened to me. He listened to me. Some of my sons, they, I don't know. There's one of my sons back there. He listens pretty good too. But I'm just saying, a lot of people don't listen to me. But he did. You know, you sign up to pastor somebody, God's going to expect you to pastor them. Lay your life down. That's what pastors do. He said, yeah, he prayed about it and said, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> Amen. Listen, you and I, we don't know something about spiritual things that we need to know. And so we need to be interested in pursuing light and knowledge because I don't want the plan of God to be hindered in my life because I don't know. I'm certainly not going to die because I don't know anything about healing. I'm not. I told the people in the healing school that last time we, had, we got together. I'm not. If the devil takes me out, it will not be because I don't know. Because I'm going to make sure I know. And I'm not going to live beneath materially and financially what's available because some Christians out there don't like it. 
Because the more I walk in, the more I can do for folks. I can't give you a thousand if I don't have a thousand. But if I have a thousand and God tells me that I can bless you with it. Right? Church needed purple carpet. We didn't have any carpet. We still need carpet. But we didn't have any carpet when we moved in. Well, and God moved on Amber and I's heart. We had it. And so we gave. We had to sell a car to do it, but we did it. See, it's not about the things. Right? But how come we only have carpet to this point? Well, because that's as far as the Cody seed would go at that moment. <laughs> right? So if the Cody's come up higher and come up more, then we just by ourselves, you know, I don't want to rob Marcus of any blessing. If he wants to sow into it, we can, but I'm just going to take care of this carpet. Well, hallelujah. Are you with me? Because some people, they get all, they get irritated about that kind of thing. Mm-mm-mm. You ought to not have that. Well, who should have it? The drug dealer? The athlete doesn't care anything about God? See, I'm going to tithe on every dollar. I'm going to be a blessing and I'm going to be an example. Is that right? What keeps people broke? Ignorance. Yeah, ignorance. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's, we're going to have to close here. I want, to, I want to take you over to one more place. Is that okay? Typically, you know, I try to, you know, unless God's really moving in a strong way, we don't go past 830. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. We're talking about cultivating the gifts of the Spirit in our life. We talked about, first of all, be interested or be hungry. Be hungry. You know you're hungry enough, that's all you think about? <laughs> have you all ever got on the road, got busy, but enough people in your car... Got hungry enough. We're not interested in the sights. We're not interested in getting another mile. Food. 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 And if, as the hunger builds, your standards drop. <laughs> right? As the hunger builds up. You start out going P.F. Chang's, but we're going to take Chong's now. You know, no, nothing, no offense against Chong's. We were going to go all the way to Nashville, get P.F. Chang, and we are going to stop at number one. Because we're hungry. Right? I mean, you get hungry enough. Somebody put down a plate of something you hate. But you eat it. How come? Because you're hungry. Right? You see, hungry Christians, you know how they come to church? They don't care what the topic is. A hungry man will eat whatever's served. That says, open your Bible, we're going to talk about marriage today. Yes, I'm hungry, praise God. I'm going to eat it. Right? Hallelujah. So you got to decide to be hungry. All right, but here's another way. We talked about ignorance. We've got to get rid of ignorance. We've got to know some things. Or we're going to hinder the operation of the gifts of the Spirit in our life. Here's one I wanted to close with, and that is prayer. And this will just have to be an introductory comment uh, because there is so much to prayer and the gifts of the Spirit. But there is a Spirit-inspired prayer that is given to us in Ephesians chapter 1. You know, Paul prayed many prayers. But in Ephesians chapter 1, in Ephesians chapter 3, in Colossians chapter 1 specifically, there are Spirit-inspired prayers that Paul prayed and that they are penned that we might pray them also in the epistles of the New Testament. Amen. And so we're just going to focus, uh, 
for a moment here on this prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul says in verse 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints, I cease not, notice that, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, notice this, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That's code word for gifts of the Spirit. Right? The spirit of wisdom would be the word of wisdom in operation. The spirit of revelation, having something revealed, would be the word of knowledge. Brother Hagin called it the spirit of seeing and knowing. Right? Because the word wisdom means to see. What makes a person wise? They look, right? I, I look at an engine, I can't see it. And another person with wisdom looks on the same scene... And says, well, here's the problem right here. Right? Same scenario. Two different sets of eyes. But they see something I don't. They see something I don't. And we call that, well, you've got wisdom when it deals with engines. Doesn't mean you're smarter than me. It means you you could see what needed to be done, where the problem was, and I didn't see it. Then the spirit of revelation. That's having something revealed. That's knowing, knowledge. So here Paul is praying, I'm praying for you unceasingly that God would grant unto you the spirit of seeing and knowing. Come on, I don't have time to preach tonight about how awesome that is for you and I to walk in to just parent children, our business, uh, just our, our daily life. And God has given to us the spirit of seeing and the spirit of knowing. Mm-hmm. Come on. Amen. And if this wasn't for you, Paul wouldn't have it in here for us to pray. Right. Hallelujah. Now I want you to notice Paul's not just praying for prayer. He's praying for all the Christians at Ephesus. So that would be all Christians everywhere. This is in the canon of Scripture. That I'm praying that to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that He would give unto you the spirit of wisdom or seeing and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Notice this. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. Do you see that? That you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He worked in Christ when He raised Him up from the dead and seated Him as His own right hand in heavenly places. Now when I usually pray that for you all uh, and for myself, I usually pray it through the end of the chapter. But you could really just pray it through. You'll get the meat of that prayer uh, if you'll pray it from verse 16 to verse 19. Now listen, let me just tell you something quick, honest. This is true story. I'm standing here today. I'm standing here today. Knowing what I know, having come to the... And I'm not at the pinnacle near yet. There's so much more out ahead of me. But I'm standing here today because she prayed this prayer for me every day for eight months when I backslid. Father, give him the spirit of seeing... And of course, she prayed all those Ephesians prayers. That one in Colossians says, Father, fill him with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You see, some people think they can live a great life, right? Just excelling in natural things. You can't. 
Not in the mind of God. You cannot know the will of God without spiritual understanding. Factoring in spiritual things is the only way you're going to accurately know the will of God for your life. Well, how can I know it? Pray it. Anyway, that's, that's a different thing. But she prayed this prayer, and, and I mean, sure enough, it, it, I'm just telling you it worked. God answered those prayers. God enlightened, though I was out of fellowship with her and God, broke up with her, left the flow of God, went back into my party mode for a while, for eight months with my college buddies, because I was under the influence of wrong associations. Mm-hmm. I won't preach on that. Hallelujah. Anyway. But God just, I just, He just, the Spirit of God continued to enlighten the eyes of my heart to what He had for me. Mm-hmm. Now here, He specifically prays, Father, give these Christians at Ephesus the spirit of seeing and knowing. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. But then He highlights three specific areas. What are they? Number one. That, the, that our eyes might be enlightened, that we might what? I love, don't you love that? That we might know. Come on. That we might know. That's what Pastor, or now Pastor Amber, she's praying. Father, fill Chris with the knowledge, right? Enlighten the eyes of his heart that he might know. Because I'm acting like I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Yeah. But enlighten the eyes of your spirit, of his heart, that he might know. The hope of God's calling. See, if you don't know what it is that God's called you to do, right? Maybe overall, but even in this, maybe you've entered into a season and you're not quite sure. Pray this prayer. Mm -hmm. Father, give unto me the spirit of seeing and knowing. Enlighten the eyes of my heart that I might know what is the hope, the expectation of your calling for my life. See, that's number one. See, Christians are going to fail. The plan of God's going to be thwarted if we don't come into the divine knowledge of His will for our life. Right? Who should I marry? What city should I live in? Who's my pastor? Where's my church? What are the avenues of divine supply? All of these things. So that's number one. Your calling is to be revealed by the spirit of seeing and knowing if you'll pray that prayer. Number two, he says, and what are the riches of the glory of thine inheritance among the saints? Now that's a mouthful. What's he saying? Give them the spirit of seeing and knowing that they can know, they can comprehend the vastness of their inheritance in Christ. Because you won't embrace by faith a prosperity message that you don't believe is right. That's why people reject it. They're not trying to be unspiritual. They've been taught by religion that... Money's the root of all evil. That's what they've been taught. We got, you know, we went to Seaport Village waiting for our flight, and I went to the burger joint, looked at the bay, and ate my burger. But as I bought my burger, they have a jar there on the counter. And on the jar, I thought it was kind of comical. It said, "Money's the root of all evil." So fix your spiritual problems. Put some money in here in the tip jar. That's kind of comical. But see, they do what most preachers do. They misquote that verse. Money is not the, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of. And you might not have two nickels to rub together and commit that sin. Love and money. 
Hello? See, but you've got to have divine help to comprehend the vastness, the broadness, the thickness, all that's encompassed, come on, in your inheritance as a believer. And He wants to help you. How come I don't know it? Well, pray this prayer. He'll give you the spirit of seeing and knowing. And then thirdly, and lastly, He says, and that they might know. I'm adding that, right? Because He lists three things right after comma, comma, comma. Uh, what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward those who believe? What kind of power? That's what verse 20 tells you. The very same power God worked when He raised Jesus from the dead. So that's the first time He used that power, that level of power, to raise up Jesus from the dead out of hell. And then from then on He goes, what am I going to do with this power now? He said, I'm going to commit it toward them that believe. Amen. He didn't retire that power. He didn't lock it back up. You know in the Avengers movie, he put on the, the piece and had all the infinity stones and they couldn't handle it and the power just went boom and it's not available anymore. No, the very power that raised Jesus from the dead is still available. Amen. And it's toward you Amen. if you'll believe. Amen. Come on. Amen. What, do you, what could you use divine power for today? Well, it's not Duracell power that's available. Come on, it's not even nuclear power. It's not electrical power. It's resurrection power. Resurrect your marriage, resurrect your business, resurrect your mind. Come on, resurrect your children. Come on, resurrect your ministry. Hallelujah. Resurrect, come on, bring divine life to a sick body. The very same power, not a different power, the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead is toward you. Think about that. He's pointing it at you. It's toward you. If but who, who benefits? Those who know and those who believe. And Paul said, no doubt, no doubt you don't know it. But I'm praying that the Holy Ghost will give you the spirit of seeing and knowing so that you'll see, Miss Gloria, the resurrection power of God. So the next time you get in trouble, you'll remember, I've got divine power available to me. Next time your baby gets sick, you'll remember, I've got resurrection power available to me. <laughs> right? Wow. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.